0: Quick,
1: listen, enjoy. Broadcasting live worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. The TalkLine Network proudly presents its flagship program, TalkLine with Zev Brenner. America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. And now your host, Zev Brenner. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, to Israel we go. Jody Samuels, I think we had her on once or twice. Uh, she originally from the United, United States, actually originally from South Africa, United States, now living in Israel. She's an author, a connector, a speaker, a nonprofit leader. She travels around the world, just got back from South Africa, community activist, special needs advocate, wife, and mom. Jody founded Jewish International Connection in order to provide community for foreign Jews in New York, now also runs outreach programs in Israel. Jody, her husband Gavin, and their three children currently live in Jerusalem, where they host hundreds of people every month for Shabbat meals when it's not Corona and events in their home. She's written a book called Chutzpah, not Alan Dorsha's chutzpah, but chutzpah—wisdom and wine. Journey of an unstoppable woman. Jody, good to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sam. Uh Good to have you back. And for full disclosure, when you were in New York, we did carpool together. So, which <laughs> seems like ages ago. Right? I, didn't, I didn't see any, any chapter in the book about that, <laughs> but. Uh-huh. So anyway, you've you've written a fascinating book, you know, dealing about chutzpah, wisdom, and wine. So you've traveled around the world. You're now in Israel. Let me begin. How's it going? Because Israel's in lockdown, and you're in quarantine as we speak.
0: Yep. So the advantage of being in quarantine when everyone's in lockdown, I don't have to fear of missing out. But you know, quarant, you know, lockdown in Israel this time it's a little quieter. But I think. The week before they were started the first part of lockdown, and then afterwards the media was saying we're beginning lockdown number three. So we seem to have some pretend lockdowns here. But,
1: but the vaccine is easier in Israel because people can get it to different age groups. It's a more normal system where after the essential workers and those who need to get it first, whatever's left over at the end of the day, anybody can get.
0: Yeah, which means I know a lot of people who've been vaccinated who are definitely under the age of 50. <laughs>
1: So you deal with chutzpah, doing with all the things that you've done. So tell us about some of the incredible things. Again, you have a special needs child. You've been an advocate in the United States and in Israel, and certainly that could be full-time, and helping singles could be full-time, and being a mom, and your husband's a successful doctor, and so many different things that you do, and working with nonprofit organizations. So first of all, when do you have time to do anything?
0: Well, my first secret ingredient is I only sleep four hours a night. So I actually once did the calculation. If you assume that I'm only sleeping four hours and most people are sleeping eight hours and I'm not staying awake because I'm watching Netflix, I'm actually working. I worked out that I have, even if it's not every single week, but if I have 20 hours sleep on average, less than most people in a week, and you times that by 50, and it's a 1,000, and you divide it by how many hours people are actually productive in a week, 40. That gives me 25 extra work weeks a year. So that partly explains how you can achieve a lot if you don't sleep.
1: <laughs> so, Mike, imagine. So what did you find the most challenging and then the most rewarding?
0: Um, oh, I mean, I, <laughs> I think... Having a child with special needs is definitely, definitely something that was challenging. But I half joke tongue in cheek, but it really is in part the truth. Moving to Israel and making Aliyah was far more challenging. I never cried when I got the diagnosis. I was never depressed about my diagnosis, special needs. But moving to Israel was the biggest adjustment I've had to deal with in my life. I went from being like a capable, competent human being who could speak the language and advocate for myself, type A personality, who had, a, you know, who was influential in my own world, and then I arrived here as Jody Nobody and had to rely on my 12-year-old son to order pizza. Um, and it was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So, have you um, have you
1: adjusted to being in Israel?
0: Um, slowly, I think there's the reality when, you know, my whole family had all adjusted right away and it made it in a way harder for me to be the only person in my family who found it hard. Um, there's many things in Israel that don't work, but the mail, when it comes from the army with the day your child turns 16 and a half, you get, um, they call up papers literally to the day. And I think that was the day I realized actually... I am going to be living in Israel because my kids are going to go to the army and I'm not going to want to leave them. And there was also this moment of pride when I realized, you know, my husband's uh, grandfather's family was one of 11 kids. And he was the only one who made it to South Africa. And nobody in his family would have ever imagined that there would be, you know, a grandson, great grandson or nephew who... Was going to be fighting in an army of the sovereign Jewish people. You know, the first, the first time we're having our own sovereign army in thousands of years, and there was that like moment that I think it switched for me, and it started becoming easier. So it's not, it's not easy. It's easier, but there's definitely you know big picture reasons that I really believe I should be here, and I see my children thriving, and that's the main thing.
1: Now, how has it worked with special needs in New York? I would assume there are probably a lot more resources than maybe you find in certain parts of Israel. How have you found that dealing with special needs in education and the schools?
0: Um, It's been a very different experience because what was so hard about New York was getting rejected, you know, from school after school and my war with the Jewish community. For not wanting to accept my two-year-old um, in, you know, community day schools, and she was coming with a basket of services from New York City, and we were in a semi, you know, in a private school with a huge amount of resources, and that was incredibly painful for me. To, painful for me, especially as someone who was a Belcher to, who had chosen this journey and then to be rejected along the way in the journey. That was very, very painful. In Israel, it's a different challenge. You know, in in New York, a board member of a Jewish day school said to me, "You chose to bring this problem into the world. Don't make your problem our problem." And that's those a, words a, thats always... a
1: terrible thing to say.
0: <laughs> Firstly, I didn't choose to make this problem. If you're calling it a problem, God chose that's to. That's a but terrible. Yeah.
1: I hope this administrator was fired.
0: It was. It was a board member, a board and member, you wouldn't okay. expect a member who actually wrote, put it in email. Why you would put it in email, I have no idea. But to put something like that um, was such an affront to me. In Israel, you don't have that, every life's a life here. You never feel that someone's questioning, you know, why didn't you abort and make, you know, why are you making your problem ours? It's a question more of just resources. Like the Goodwill's there, but they just don't have, The resources that you in any way had in the New York City system or private Jewish Day School system to accommodate a child, so the goodwill's there, but the resources aren't. So it's been a very different kind of challenge to navigate.
1: I could imagine. I could imagine. But but being in Israel is different. I know the the kids adjust probably quicker than the adults and make friends and absorb the language and. Uh, I guess that's probably the biggest barrier for you is just the language.
0: Yep. As I say, my daughter with Down syndrome was fluent in six months in Hebrew. And I don't have Down syndrome, and I'm a long way from fluent.
1: <laughs> right. And, and, but how is it also dealing with the singles in Israel? You dealt with the singles here. You you host international singles in New York when you were here in other parts of the world. What's it like in Israel, especially during the age of COVID?
0: So people always ask me, is it different with New York and Israel? And it's really the same issues at the end of the day, the same reasons why people, why people struggle to get married in New York is the same reason why they struggle here and the same programs that we run in New York. And I still run in New York and I run it in Israel. You know, when people are looking for love, they're looking for connection. Um, It's the same programming that works and even across the religious and not religious groups, it's the same needs that people are looking to fulfill, the same confused ideas, the same traumas from the past. I do think in some ways, ironically, it's actually more painful to be single in Jerusalem. And that's because in New York city, at least the BC, New York, before COVID when there were so many thousands of singles, um, they, You could go from meal to meal on, say, a Friday night and never really feel like you were weird for being 40 and single. When you're in Jerusalem and it's a much smaller group of people and your option for a meal is not a big party with 40 people and every week a different dinner and 17 organizations hosting competitive dinners. Suddenly you're going to a family with their five children. It's a much more lonely experience being single. The upside of a more lonely experience is I think there's less partying, so people are more serious about getting married. But it's not, I think it's much more fun. If that's what you're looking for, it's more fun to be single in New York.
1: Now, isn't Kahnemone the singles capital in Jerusalem? You have the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I would assume its correlation is Kahnemone?
0: Yeah which is right where I live. They call it the swamp. The singles call it the swamp. So, yes, we live right in the midst of it.
1: And the popular TV series Surugam took place over there. But don't you have, instead, I know what you're saying, a lot of singles are invited to a different home for Shabbat dinner. So therefore, if you're not with the singles, it's much lonelier if you're with a family and with have kids and you, you get to feel you're being single a lot more. But aren't there lots of single dinners also in Jerusalem, similar to, uh, to the West Side or other areas in New York? There's
0: nothing quite like New York where there is... You know, when I run an dinner, I could easily be competing with another five or six dinners, each having 100 people, and that's not counting people hosting smaller meals in their homes. I'm talking about organizational, institutional dinners um, across the board. Sometimes there's even more if it's a big weekend, like right across America or something like that. You might have 20 organizations all hosting a meal in Jerusalem, certainly in the Anglo community. Um there's probably me and maybe one other organization that runs Shabbat dinners on a regular basis for, for bigger groups. Wow. So it's, it's
1: more so, challenging. I- so it's more challenging being single, more challenging having special needs children, but yet it's still wonderful to be in Israel. So you're, I think you're, there's a lot of optimism in your book, despite all what life throws at you. There's still cause for optimism and to be happy.
0: You know, at the end of the day, life's a choice. And we all have a choice in how we're going to deal with the life that we have and the hands, of, the hand of cards that we're dealt. And Kayla, my daughter with Down syndrome, has been the best teacher for me because I'm always the triple A personality, always on the run. Everything has to be done quickly, perfectly, and I'm very impatient when life isn't perfect. And she's taught me that actually life can really, really be wonderful. And it's a whole new lens that I've had to give my life. And while Israel is in so many ways the most crazy place, like I've lived in, people say to me, is it really so different to anywhere else you've lived? I've lived in England and I've lived in New Zealand, Australia, South Africa and America, the only English-speaking country I haven't lived in is Canada. And Israel is very different. It's culturally different. It's socially different, educationally, the medical system. There are just so many things about the language about Israel that's very different. But it's also a much more intense and much more rewarding place. Um, to live as well, so it's again perspective. You know, I often joke that some places like Australia is like a par of dessert buffet. It looks great, but when you bite into the dessert, it's like yeah, you know, very mediocre.
1: Yeah, and, what you're saying, it's superficially sweet.
0: Yeah, and it's like that's what Israel is. Israel's not a par of dessert buffet. It's hard work. But it's also very rewarding. And I think everything about living here is that way, whether it's the intensity of, say, um, Yom Zikaron, the morning to the celebrating. Everything Israelis do is with such intensity, but it does make life more meaningful, <laughs> might be harder, but more meaningful.
1: <laughs> Am I correct? Wasn't there a survey done that showed that people in Israel among the most happiest people on earth?
0: Yep. And I have a lot of theories why that is. Um, A lot of rabbis teach how to have a good fight. Well, Israelis know firstly how to have a good fight. You can fight with someone who in the next minute be giving them a whole series of brachot afterwards. But I think that one of the things that make life in Israel very meaningful for people is the fact that they live close to their families. And you look at a place like the U.S., people move out of home 17, 18, and they go home for like Thanksgiving and maybe another time a year. And most Israelis, I saw a survey that most Israeli grandparents see their grandchildren something like 20 times a month. How much more would your life be enriched by this family experience you can go to the beach on saturday watching secular families on a beach but there'll be three generations sometimes four generations all sitting together on the beach um this new concept of this like nuclear family and values is still very much part of life here and i really think that contributes to people being happy
1: makes a lot of sense uh the breakdown of the family has probably leads to all kinds of problems in the United States and elsewhere. And the fact the family still celebrates together in Israel makes a big difference. It makes a difference in parents' lives, the kids' lives, the grandchildren's lives. Absolutely no question about that. So what's your next book going to be about?
0: Um, surviving Aliyah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought that's what this book is about, Chutzpah, Wisdom and Wine. Uh, that's not Surviving Aliyah. <laughs> But anyways, Jody, what were you saying, Jody?
0: I said it could be about raising Kayla, or it could be about. I'm really thinking about doing a book on travel hacks because I've been to 87 countries, Shomei Shabbat, kosher, on a budget with three children.
1: And and that could be a good series because a lot of people, once this COVID 19, is beaten and people have been vaccinated, you're going to see an explosion of travel, an explosion of kosher travel. So that could be a good, a good sign, a, a new business for you, Jody. Uh, possibly. Okay, Jody Samuels has been our guest. She's an author, connector, speaker, nonprofit leader, world traveler, community activist, special needs advocate. Her book is called Chutzpah, Wisdom and Wine, Journeys of an Unstoppable Woman. How can people get the book?
0: So it's available on Amazon, um, and they have an ebook as well as the print version.
1: Jody, thank you for being with us. Continue success. Keep on smiling and keep on drinking that Israeli wine.
0: <laughs> thank you, Zev.
1: And we're going to be today. right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening.
0: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and
1: Instagram. Listen, enjoy. Broadcasting live worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.